Now, rec recognize a lot of dysfunction that all of us have come out of. Myself, everyone has. And we walked into Christ's arms and gave our life to Jesus. And he takes what's dysfunctional and makes it functional. But my burden I've been seeing is I expect those who don't know Jesus to walk dysfunctionally because they don't know any better. But when my heart is breaking, when I see believers walking in dysfunction, walking as the world would want us to walk, not walking as Christ would have us to walk. And as adults or young teenagers or college students, whatever we do will impact what's down the hall. Like I told you, my dad was not good at going to church, but by golly, he'll beat me if I didn't go to church. It wasn't the perfect thing, but he made sure I got there. As adults, if we decide to stay home, this is the thing. If we decide to stay home, even as parents, single parents, it doesn't matter. You tell your kids that Jesus is just optional. And this is a heavy burden for me because I know, see, there's a, there's a blueprint on each and every one of you know Jesus Christ as a world changer to do great things for God. And I am so burdened by us living below our titles as sons and daughters of the high king. We need to function as sons and daughters as a high king, not function under that, because life under that is no good. Like I said, we can't change our ancestors to past, but we can change our descendants to future. And even as believers, you have to let go of the past. You can't change it. You can't even alter it. All you're responsible for is now and tomorrow. And my question is, what are you going to do to make it better for your family today and tomorrow? Not blame the past. Not blame our mothers. Not blame our fathers. Because it starts with me today. A lot of us are in a situation today because of our choices of yesterday. And I want you to recognize one thing. You can make a choice today to change your tomorrow. But you have to be really passionate about it. Not just to save you, but to save that and those who are behind you. Who are looking to us to build a road to freedom. And why I'm so passionate about it is not going to be the president's job. It's not going to be our congressional constituents. It's not going to be our mayors. It's not going to be our governors. It's going to be the church. We're the only ones, the only ones that can change history. The only ones that can transform this world. The only one that can change culture. Because we are, if you haven't noticed, the culture. That's different talk for a lot of people because you think you keep catching up. When you think you're catching up and you're trying to catch in, get into culture, you're living below God's original intent for your life. Because if our God is King of kings and Lord of lords, above all things, 
and we're seated with him in heavenly places, aren't we above all things? Aren't we above all culture? Aren't we above all dysfunction? And it's going to take a believers with faith to believe that we are world changers, not world acceptors. My job is to preach the things that ought to be. I'm not happy the way things are now. We should have a, a divine discontent when we see kids and we see all this going on, writing all over the walls, failing in school, teenagers dropping out at a rapid rate, people getting pregnant out of wedlock. That, as a believer, should be fire that burns and says, I can make a difference. It's not about one hour and a half here at church. It's about God ordained us to bring change. And it starts with our families. Your family first will influence your family next door. That's how much power you're walking around with. Now, if you don't know Christ, there's no power. There's a lot of effort. You might have temporary change, but no lasting change. So I want to spend a couple moments talking about functions of a family. I want to go over a couple things of dysfunctions. I see in America, I see in the church, I see in our universities, and those who know Jesus living below God's original intent. I want you, when this is over, to press this, the factory reset button. When you got born again, it was a, there was a reset button that happened in your, in your soul. Jesus became Lord. All things were wiped clean. You became a new creation, a reset button. Now, he didn't take us out of the world. He put us in the world to bring change. But we let the world come inside of us, and we forgot that we left that button unpressed. And I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to wake you up. Because everyone's, oh, election year is coming up. It doesn't matter. There's an urgency. I saw it last. I just looked at it the other day. The last election, people were standing in line, waiting for the great Savior. Change is coming. Change without Jesus is no change at all. And we're right back now. We're arguing. We're upset because nothing we like came to pass. Well, it's not supposed to. (laughs) Jesus is the only one that brings change. Amen. Give you a couple things here. Dysfunctional families. Well, I recognize today. And you recognize it. I understand some of you are walking in this. I see now anger all over the place. Lack of trust. Oh, divorce. That's another sermon. Depression. Addiction. Well, our young people right now are dealing with, in a higher rate, suicide. When you lose all hope, suicide. They say that there's no hope left. Suicide. Domestic violence and sexual abuse. And I'm named a bunch of things that each and every one of you probably either walked out of or you're in the middle of it. Mm 
And I believe this, guys. So goes the families. So goes the church. So goes the community. So goes the nation. So goes the world. And I bet you said, I didn't know we were that important. Yes, you are. You weren't created and you weren't born again to fill a seat twice a month. You're created to bring change to your family, to your community, to your church, to our nation, to the world. And you're in a place that will remind you of that every single day. Because I can see the greatness all over each and every one of you. And here's the thing. It's not about me seeing it. God sees the greatness in you. Then you don't even see in yourself. When you look at yourself, I'm just a ragtag. He said, no, that's my beautiful daughter. That's my awesome son, thy warrior. That's how he sees us. He sees after Christ. Christ paid the price. I want you to see yourself like that. Again, we can't change our ancestors, but we can definitely change our descendants. And I don't care how old you are, you can change your life starting today. Let's go to Psalms 127. Spend a moment in this. It's what I call functional families, functional. Psalms 127, called a psalm of degree. It goes from one degree to another. It ends up with children, starts with a home, starts with parents, starts with any or anything that's being built, and then we go into the children. It's all one. I love this psalm. It's an amazing psalm written by, of all people, Solomon. Solomon started strong, but he ended weak. He started with all the mercy of God and the, and the backing of God, and he walked away from God, and he ended busted, broken, because he got distracted. He forgot the factory reset button. He put his faith in the women versus putting his faith in God. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. I love the first two. It's unless the Lord builds it, it's useless. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like the arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blesses the man who's full his, full his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. First thing you see here, functional families. One thing I recognize when I read this psalm is they don't distinct, there's no distinction between secular and sacred. We walk around in the secular and the sacred. For some reason, we think there's a difference. When we're believers in Christ, we're just as sacred at home as we are in church. Our marriage should be sacred because we have married to a sacred God. 
We pick up the Bibles for sister so-and-so drops it here, and your wife drops a Bible at home. Honey, you need to pick that up. Been there, done that. There's no difference between the secular and the sacred when you're walking with God. This Bible, as is you're reading it today in church, should be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I should live my life the way the Bible says live my life. I should love my wife the way the Bible says love my wife. I should raise my kids the way the Bible says raise my kids. Someone told me I have a tension between the secular and the secular because I said there isn't any when you're born again. It's all sacred. It's a new level of living, a new level of dealing, a new level, God's level. So there's no difference between the secular and sacred. Also, they know there's no lasting success apart from God. Church, there is nothing lasting apart from God. Temporary success can be up to 10 years, 20 years. But with God, if he builds it, he is in it with you. It's a lifetime guarantee. Even if your kids spun off, if you raise them in the umption of the Lord, it's a lifetime guarantee. It's not going to fail like you go to Midas and they say, that guarantee is only for this much. No, God has a lifetime guarantee. Now, how we see that guarantee, sometimes we don't know. I love what John 15, 5 says. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, guys, I am nothing. My marriage is nothing. Raising my kids is nothing. nothing we can't walk around with a cavalier I don't need God I don't need this I don't need God for my job I don't need God for that God just take a break only I'll need you when I need something or when I'm hurting we become the best prayer warriors when we're hurting but when things are going good no one's here and God says that's not the way I want you're not doing it for you you're doing it for them. You're doing it for your children. You're doing it for those teenagers who are looking at you. If you ever recognize that, I don't have any kids. My kids are all left. You have teenagers who don't have dads, who don't have moms, looking at you. They will judge church on what they see in you doing. What an awesome responsibility. <laughs> that God uses us, the unperfect, <laughs> with all the flaws and his glory comes through us perfect in a crazy personality does God have a sense of humor or what so you can't take yourself serious when you're walking with God he does what he does and you do what you do that's the fun part about it Functional families recognize the Lord will do what I can't do. I recognize what God will do and what I can't do. I'd be in a bad place if I'm here in charge of changing your life. 
because I'm not good enough. I can persuade you and you'll walk right out the door and life will just unpersuade you just that quick. Now, when the Holy Spirit checks you, you walk home with it, you wake up with it, until you repent of it, it won't leave you. Amen? Oh, my. They also recognize that children are a blessing, not a burden, a reward, not a regret. Somehow in society, we push kids down. They did that when Jesus' day. They didn't want them to get next to Jesus. We push kids away because we got our own lives to live. We got our own money to make. And you don't recognize they're an extension of you. They can hit stuff you'll never hit. Because every time God creates some, uh, another generation, they do greater things than what we've done. Yes. That's why I like younger, older mentoring the younger. We can take them a whole lot further than we've ever gone. But they're not a burden. They're a blessing. They are a blessing. And we don't, and I love our, one of our core, corporate core values in every nation is we don't sell our kids out for the success of ministry. And we should not sell our children out or sell young people out for our success of what? Because you don't leave it to them. What's the greatest thing? I love what John Maxwell said. What is success? And success at the end of your life is you have a wife that loves and a kid that loves and respects you. That is success. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with position. Nothing about the car you drive, the clothes you wear. It's about those who are closest to you, love you, and respect you. That is what I call bona fide success. They're not a a burden. Not something we drop off for an hour and a half. That's why we want you involved. We used to be, we recognize, we used to be, we used to be able to back up what the parents are saying. We're recognizing we are the front line of what the parents aren't saying. And then we get blamed that the kids don't get it. Come on, somebody. It's the truth. It happens up in the ASI. When you go to public school, teachers get blamed all the time. You don't understand. You can't teach my kids. Wait a second now. Wait a second now. When I grew up, if the teacher could not handle me, you know, she didn't call the cops. I wish they did. I would die. Hey, call the police. I whatever. I'll, don't call my mother. Don't call my daddy. Man. Now, call them out. They don't care. I hear them up there all the time. They don't care. What an indictment. They don't care. Man, my parents cared a lot. And I still feel it when I have those nightmares. They're not a burden. They're a reward. God rewards us with children. They're a blessing. You have children, they're a blessing. You guys are a blessing. You're not a mistake. You got greater things that you're going to do. I watch each and every one of you come from here to here. You, man, I don't know how tall you're going to get. I mean, when they, now I won't, I won't embarrass you, man. But golly. Amazing kids going to do great things for God. So they need to hear that from their parents, not just from me. Now they're going to get spanked. You still get spanked? <laughs> All right, don't. But you know, you know respect because you look back there first. 
I like that. Got him trained. You good man. You're going to live long on the earth. Functional families know that well-trained children become wise parents because they're going to be parents one day. You know what they're going to learn? Whatever we taught them. College students, you are processing a lot your parents taught you, some good, some bad. That's why college students are on fire for God. They have a father that they can follow. They know that well-trained children become wise parents. And I'm a, I'm a stickler for that. I believe that. I've been here long enough to watch kids grow up to be driving cars <coughs> and watching your parents like, they got to get the license. <laughs> and following behind, you don't even know they're following you when you're driving. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> it didn't work. You got caught at every red light. God knew exactly what we needed. Stay out of the way. You did a great job. Some of you parents are walking down condemned, think you didn't do a great job. Start over today. My mother said, when she was alive, she said, I don't care if you're 60-something years old, you're still my son. I still tell you what to do. Yes, ma'am. One thing I wanted, uh, one of my uh, statements, I wrote this quote down. Our children are what we make them. Because it says here in the scripture, chapter, verse 5, 4, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. It says our children are what we make them. They are represented as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And ours go the way we aim them. As parents, single parents, how you aim your child, how you aim, we aim, even I'm responsible now for those who don't have parents. How we set that aim is what they will do. One thing about a warrior, the reason why we shoot weapons off, shoot things off, because those weapons can go where we can't go. They can reach what we can't reach. And it says, when a warrior has all those arrows, he aims, I love what that force, aim high. When's the last time you aim high for your teenagers? You aim high for that next generation. Not put them down, walk alongside of them. Aiming high. Those who have children, are you aiming high? The highest aim you have is Jesus Christ. Not a career. It's Christ is the highest aim. As we shoot it to the sun, he takes them and they hit the right spots, the right targets. They are there to change society. They will go further than I ever, ever gone. I have kids who will go further than I ever even thought about. Got teenagers here, we got college going to go further than we even thought about. And we have faith with them to believe they can do all things through Christ Jesus. But the church is the only place where we can launch them to the highest level. Not IBM. Not the United States Air Force. Jesus.
Will you have your hands? You got to understand, church. We want change in this world. And I don't care if you have children or not. This is tomorrow. These are our descendants. And you're descendants because you can make a change today. And say, I'm walking out of dysfunction. I'm going to start walking in the functional. Jesus is going to be the center of my life, not something that waves around my house. I might catch him once a week. He has to be the center of your life. I see babies, I see babies go from here to here. And it's going to take all of us to come together to do this. Not a hit or miss. When you hear about us signing up and doing, we want you in classes so you can learn. So we can all learn how to raise our children, how we can learn to minister one another, how we can bring change to our society. When we back away from that, we back away from the very planet God has on the earth. And we forfeit that which God has for us. And I don't want to be a church that forfeits that calling, that forfeits that assignment. The reason why we're multicultural, he gave us something special to do here. Starts with us. Starts with them, us all walking together. Yes, we're not perfect. Yes, we have flaws, but one thing we do have we can recognize we got Jesus. And He fills all these flaws, He fills it all. Why? Someone's life is in the balance if we forfeit it, we leave it to the police. If we leave it to the governor, if we leave it to our Congress, if we leave it to the president, we forfeit that what God has given us. They're not called to do that. They're called to keep things in order. We're called to make change. So mighty men and women, quiver, aim high. Aim high in your relationships. If you're a single young lady or a young man, and you're looking for the next mate, aim high. Don't aim low. Don't compromise your values. Aim high. Walk high. Walk in the level of Jesus Christ, and when you do that, he'll bring the perfect mate to you. Those who are starting all over again, don't you worry about it. You aim high. God will bring the right one to you. And you didn't fail anything. That's what the devil says. There's no failure in the kingdom of God. There might be misfires, but there's no failure. And as long as I'm not checked, I'm still on the, he's still on the throne. You aim high. Shoot for the stars. Next step, sign up for that. VIP, partner with us. Sign up for Connect Four and partner with us. Help us feed the homeless. Sign up with us. We're trying to treat you to walk high. Not just walk mediocre. 
A lot of our military men and women are coming back and just their minds are messed up because they walk at such a high level defending our nation, they come back to a mediocre world. But they don't have to come to a mediocre church. They can come to a church with a mission as much as the mission of the Air Force, or the Army, the Navy have. We have the same mission here to bring people, bring freedom and defeat evil. A lot of us are where we are today from the decisions we made yesterday. Guys, we can't change our ancestors, but by golly, we can change our descendants. Who's with me on that? While we stand, some of you in this place been walking with Jesus for a long time. And I love what he says in the word about when you find truth and you walk in the truth, you repent. And you turn to God and times of refreshing come. See, when I know when we lose our mission because when we drag ourselves in here, there's, there's no purpose, there's no fervor to do anything. And we're not created that way. We were created with mission. We were created with purpose. Every day you can make a difference in someone's life. Every day someone's looking at you. Every day they'll make a decision on what you do. And when you know that, you can't wait to gather with other saints. Say, what do I need to do this week? This week, if you're a parent, we learn how to open up the, learn how to read the Bible. And the good, we got, I got born again. And then we had the King Jamie Bible, the heathen and harpers. I don't know what that meant. But when I learned the most, because I was a children's pastor, was the children's Bible, because it had pictures. <laughs> but if you have kids, spend five minutes with them when they bring their memory verses home. Families, spend some time together in the Bible, because it'll feed your soul. When your soul's empty because that which is supposed to be in you is running out of you. You lose virtue every time you go out in the world. And Jesus is the one that fills us and fills us and fills us. But if you don't pick up his word and get into his presence, you're empty. And we see you when you're empty. You're not friendly when you're empty. We recognize that. <laughs> Let's spend time with God. And I want you, if you, if you have that, repent. Man, I'm, God, I've not been living up to the level you want me to. And I've been walking away from responsibility so many years. Just repent. Every eye closed.